Hello and welcome back to another hangout session of In the Beginning Was the Word. And uh, today I've agreed to talk to my friend Uchenna from Nigeria about some of the issues happening in Africa as of late. There's lots of different opinions about it here in the West, and I reckon there's different opinions about it in other places of the world as well. And it has really caught my attention and so with that i welcome you back to uh, my uh, very small podcast mr uchana how are you doing today yeah i'm fine thank you thank you very much for the introduction view yeah that's great i mean uh, we've talked before and so i consider us uh, basically friends at this point despite never having met but it's just been a fun time because we've been talking through the pandemic on and off about different things um but so um what what is the mood in nigeria and perhaps you know what the mood is in niger lately when it comes to this situation uh, in niger with france as the colonial power and then russia and china stepping in and stuff like that uh, uh, what's the recent developments that you've noticed well um regarding the issue it's it's basically um like anyone who's like seriously you know looked into geopolitics we know that the reason why um France and some of these other Western powers do not want to leave Niger because of uranium deposits in Niger. You know, the um for every um um for every light bulb in France, one third of every light bulb in France that is lit is lit using uranium from Niger. So um they've got a large deposit of it, and the thing with it is that the I think uranium should be used to power nuclear. If you use to power nuclear power, I think nuclear plants and um, nuclear, like you know, how the world is moving towards you know clean energy. Mm. So the West basically sees uranium as you know the the next best thing because uranium is is actually clean energy, and so any way they can get um, uranium, they try to, they try as much as possible. And the issue with France is that they know that the, the other countries that have uranium in large amounts. They can't just go and you know bully them and tell me you can't go to you know Kazakhstan or I, I think I don't know if Russia has some uranium or Canada and tell them oh we want your uranium you can't just bully them so like they want to do it with the you know their former French colonies that they've been oppressing for a while so that's the that's the main reason and unfortunately for us in Africa we have a lot of um, a lot of uh, leaders who are just basically stooges so they they do anything that the West tells them to do without even thinking, as long as, you know, they get, you know, funds for, you know, military, for their personal, for personal lives, for their families and all, while the, the, the population just suffers. So yeah. um, our president, who, who presently has a court case, <laughs> wants to invade, but I think they've changed their mind because I think people have told him in the country not to invade and have told him that he might even lose. So what um, ECOWAS is doing, that's the the West African regional body, they are basically, you know, saying, okay, we're, we're down to negotiate and all, you know, or like, they, I, don't, I don't think they want to go the route of, you know, attacking, because I don't even think they can win. Because no. um, 
because they've, they, I don't think they've got more firepower than um, Niger. Because Niger, Niger said that anything that happens is a joint effort between them and um the two other West African countries who recently had coups. That's um, Burkina Faso and um, Mali. So um, basically, those other countries are seeing that if there's any attack on Niger Republic, it's an attack on them. Um, so um, it's, it's it should be chaotic if they even try, if our government here even tries to attack them. But um, uh, um, one more thing I have to mention is that they are also backed by the Russians, and you know these Russians, they they've basically shown like with the Ukraine stuff that they are not to be messed with, like when it comes to military. So it's it's not um, it's not going to be good. If they try to do that, but if there's going to be any sort of, you know, military um, intervention, it's going to be led by France. But mm. I just, I just, I just don't see how they'll do it now, the way the world is right now. Because um, no. I, I think completely going, agree. I think it's going to receive a lot of pushback, and um, um, if. Um, if um, Niger Republic and some of these other West African countries who are not in support of this um, decide to, you know, call on like foreign um, foreign allies, it could be like it could cause a lot of, you know, chaos and bloodshed within the region. So I think what France will do is that they will try to do something like a proxy war, you know, use some Af African leaders who are stooges to fight, you know, Niger Republic and all. Because invading now in the 21st century, 2023, every like it will just clearly show that okay, these guys are these guys are are clearly here for for stealing and you know <laughs> dismantling the country. So um it's not going to end well for, for them if they try to do that. And then one more thing re regarding Nigeria, um something interesting is going to happen this week. Um, you know, when I told you recently that um um, the president has a court case. Mm. Uh, yeah. So he's not really the de facto president until the court, you know, until the Supreme Court, you know, gives the final judgment. Because um, mm. the two other um, two other um, presidential candidates, um, you know, filed a petition against him because of, like, the rigging that happened during the elections. So mm. um, the, 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 the court said that they will give the final verdict this week by yeah, Wednesday. Okay. So um really so, interesting. Yeah, so like um um we have this organization um it's called the National Labor Congress. Basically they um for every you know um I don't know how to explain it but um they are basically the body that you know um uh, controls all the other you know Parts of the economy, like you know, things like schools, mm. banks, um, um, what's it called again? Markets, supermarkets, all of that. So, the because of ha the hardship in the country, you know, since the president came in, he removed um, fuel subsidy. So it it made the price of fuel go up a lot. Like um, it, it the price of fuel basically tripled, and then they increased it again in some other states. So basically, in Nigeria. Before he came, before he they declared they forcefully declared him president, he um fuel used to be about um a hundred and seventy, a hundred and eighty per liter. Now petrol, petrol is um 
in in a couple of days it's about 500 and basically 560 something so basically yeah. it tripled overnight <laughs> like and they didn't yeah. he didn't like you know give any proper cushion because you don't just do that like no. it, it caused a lot of chaos like mo- they said that more people got into poverty more people were not able to you know get to their places of work because like they didn't really expect um these things to go up and you know that like fuel is like a really really central part of the economy so mm. once fuel goes up um the, the prices of other things go up as well so they'll they're like it caused like serious inflation mm. and you know like people we have like um an informal public transportation system here so things got more expensive people weren't people were not even able to go to work yeah. so some people have kind of lost their jobs and um companies haven't really increased salaries so salaries have remained the same even though cost of um cost of living has gone up mm. a lot and the government is still trying to increase the price of fuel again yeah. so um the the nlc does the nigeria labor congress they are basically pushing for some sort of strike and when it happens if there's going to be a strike it's basically like a national shutdown because like places like banks will close schools yeah. could close Markets could close, um, even filling stations could close. Like basically, any almost every part of the economy could close because it's it's basically a strike. So um, yeah. the government is telling them, "Oh, just give us some time, we'll fix things." And they're like, "No, we don't have that patience anymore." So like, people, I guess, people who could just you know got some provisions and I just they may just stay at home this week. I think so, because today is Monday, the roads were a bit busy. But I'm thinking from Tuesday down, um, when you go outside, you won't see that many people again. Because mm. there could be a strike, you know. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I understand. What I find interesting is um, <clears throat> how how similar the situation that you describe in Nigeria is to the Norwegian situation. Now, of course, I realize there's a lot of differences between Norway and Nigeria, historically, culturally, and um, there's different levels of corruption and stuff like that as well. But here it's been the same type of like uh, accusations that uh, the elections are rigged and stuff like that. For instance, this this is not proof like i can't prove anything but i just found it really interesting during that tr- time when when donald trump lost his election and we had our own election and then yeah. suddenly the media started saying that uh those crazy people who say that uh, there's something wrong with the election they're conspiracy theorists and maybe terrorists but there were some people, I remember there was a far-right party called the Norwegian Democrats, and they were <clears throat> 40 people, uh, 40 individuals in a small town, and they all voted for their party, or so they claim. Like, they could be lying, I don't know, but they said that they voted for the Norwegian Democrats, all of them. But after the election, when they counted the votes, they only found like four or five votes. So only 10% of the total amount of votes that has <clears throat> been counted, if if we believe their claim. Like, it, th- this could be fake, but I just remember they said that, and they seemed quite upset about it, and it seemed like a serious situation. So 
here in Norway, uh, I've been involved in some local politics and just talking to people. And for the first time ever in my life, I've heard so many people say that they're not going to vote or because the vote is not real because it's rigged and stuff. And that's something I've never heard before in this country. Um, And then at the same time here, we had not so much fuel uh, price increase, but we've had extreme electricity price increase. So let's say on average, you paid 300, 400 kroners a month. That's like 30 or $40 a month. You went from that to paying two or three or four thousand kroners so like uh, in the summer it's three times as expensive and then in the winter it's like 10 times as expensive and of course that is hitting businesses and you know the entire sector of our society and driving food prices up and stuff like that Um, and so what we have then we have a bunch of like different uh, NGOs that are very, they, they tend to be very positive to the EU and to the United States. And they're yeah. sort of like involved in trying to make sure that nobody complains about this and that everything is fine. And we can just eat this like fake meat instead and GMOs. Mm-hmm. And there's all these new mm-hmm. rules coming in about different plants and apples. Like, oh, you need to have uh, this uh, uh, blueprint from uh, from like uh, Monsanto or whatever, something similar to that. And uh, people are really getting uh, annoyed here in Norway too at this. And the media has just been controlled for uh, for a long time now and, and not talking about any of these issues in a proper in a proper way. But yeah. um, so with Nigeria and Africa, things get probably more heated and faster there because I, I understand these issues with the IMF and the colonial past and, and Western nations and their power block. And it seems like the West is sort of collapsing a bit on the inside. But um, so... I'm not going to tell you my opinion, but I'm just saying like, uh, I'm not sure. So then Russia and China, they're going to come in, but I'm unsure if that is going to be much different in the end, or maybe it will. You, you can tell me your opinion there because we've had a talks about this before and I'm more pro NATO, pro Western, whatever. And it's only because I live here, honestly, because, you know, uh, it's my society and uh, it's my civilization is where I come from. Uh, but there's lots of stuff NATO has been doing that I've been very critical of. It's not like I blindly support them in everything. Uh, definitely not. But because I live here, I just have this like thinking in my head that like maybe the Eastern Bloc with North Korea and China and Russia would be as bad maybe they're sort of playing a trick you know what i mean or playing a game to to grab power or do you think that they are genuine what what's your opinion on that um well um i i think that like i think you know generally 
the way based on what I've observed, like even like looking at the West and looking at you know the Asian countries, looking at Russia as well, like it seems that you guys um the way you guys are, you tend to you you um your your politicians um um tend to have foreign policies and you know um um they they tend to have interests that they prioritize. So like it's all about the interest. So um with regards to like countries like Russia and China, I know they have interests as well, mm. but um it's it's not um the way they, they obviously want to exploit Africa, but like the way they do it is not the way the West does it. Like they they try to exploit Africa. Obviously, they want resources as well, even though their countries are resource rich as well. Russia is a resource rich country. China, they've got resources as well. They've got a big economy as well. But the way they do it is that like they try to, you know, offer some services. For example, you know that like a lot of infrastructure in Africa has been built by China. Mm. Uh, so like, but the the EU, the um the EU, the US, they're never going to come here and be like, oh, they'll just they they'll give you aid. But like the thing about aid is that um you have to um agree to some certain terms and conditions. The aid isn't, you know, it's not it's not um it's not something that's voluntary if you if you refuse the aid what happens is that they sanction you and if a big country like the us is sanctioning you you know that's bad for you for mm. example um um, uh, um there's a country in africa i don't know if you heard of it's an east african country it's called eritrea yes they i've are... heard of eritrea we've recently had sorry but i just have to say something uh, yeah. We've recently had some riots here in Norway between Eritreans uh, because of something happening in Eritrea. So in Bergen, that's a fairly small town where I come from. Uh, there's been these fights in the streets uh, with hundreds of people from Eritrea fighting each other because of something. Uh, so maybe you can tell me what that's about. <laughs> I, I I don't really know much about them because you no, know they're yeah. in East Africa and you know Africa is quite big. So I don't really I, I know some things about like other African countries, but like I, I only know a bit of like geopolitics about them. But what, what I can say is that their their president, um his name is uh, Mr. Isaac um I think I, I Isaiah Isaiah Afereki, that's his name. That's a cool name, though. I don't know anything about it, but that's a biblical name. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. You know that, like, um, the East Africans, like the Ethiopians and the Eritreans, they, they've had, you know, Christianity for, for the longest in Africa, for centuries. Mm. Yeah. So, like, they, they have this strong Christian, you know, <laughs> Christian civilization. Mm. Like, Christianity has been, like, a state religion for them for, like, hundreds of years now, like, because they had a monarchy before, before, mm -hmm. like, you know, they started practicing democracy. And, like, um, I don't know if you've heard of this um, apostle um, in the Bible, St. Mark. I think Mark, yes. he came to Egypt. He he, he was the person who brought um, the gospel to Egypt. And yeah. then from Egypt, Christianity spread to Ethiopia. And mm -hmm. then this happened in, a, like, let's say, 10th century or 11th century. So, like, since that time, the, the monarchy basically made Christianity a state religion. So, like, they have this very, you know, strong Christian background over there. Mm. Ethiopia, Eritrea. You could just Google the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. You see them. 
Like they're very, yeah. you know. I've been yeah. to them actually. They have the, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church here in Oslo. And I went there because yeah. I was interested in Orthodoxy. And so I've been to a Russian Orthodox Church and an Ethiopian Orthodox Church. But in these times, it's kind of dangerous to do that here in the West, but especially the Russian Orthodox Church could easily be uh, uh, maybe thinking that they're working uh, with the Russians or something. We've seen that a lot in Ukraine with uh, Russian Orthodox churches closing down and stuff like that. But anyway, continue. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so um, basically, I'll move back to their president. So the president is basically no-nonsense man. He's basically anti-West. He hasn't taken any loans from the World Bank or IMF. He, he hasn't taken any aid. And so, like, the Eritrean economy is kind of like Cuba. You know how Cuba has been sanctioned by the USA. But, yeah. you know, the USA hasn't really, they, they, they haven't, they can't really, you know, they, they don't really, they can't really invade Cuba the way they invaded Iraq. Because, like, you know, the Cuban military is strong and all. And they are very anti-West, you know, they are very socialist, you know, although it's it's working in some ways for them, but some other ways it's not working because I feel that like, if you're going to have some socialism, you need to have some sort of capitalism or some other system, just mm-hmm. like the same way the, the you guys, the Scandinavians, you guys do, you guys have some socialist policies, you guys have some capitalist policies as well, and then you integrate them and it's good for your society. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, yeah. Cuba is a bit extreme and it always has been a bit extreme. Uh, but I have, you know, certain uh, uh, sympathies with, with Cuba and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm also very, just very critical in general of, of communism because I've read a lot of, about communism. And it just seems like very often when communists yeah. get power then a lot of people die you know it's just like a historical uh, natural law you know <laughs> yes but like um i think i i don't think um the cuban um um situation is like you know the ussr situation you know the ussr the soviet union was extreme like the cuban situation i think um the reason why um cuba has a problem is because you know they've been sanctioned so much mm-hmm. by the us and you know, like um, if you've been sanctioned by the US, like other countries may follow suit as well. Other big countries, for example, if US sanctions you, Japan may sanction you. And you know that the Japanese, they have like a big economy. They have, you know, big companies as well. So mm-hmm. like, I think that's the problem. I don't think the Cubans are like as extreme as the Russians were, as the Soviet Union. You know, the Soviet Union, like they were, they were crazy. Yeah. Like I've heard stories and I was like, what? The Soviet Union, they were so corrupt. <laughs> but actually you know uh, what i've come to discover with time and it's kind of hard to get to this point but after a while i realized that most of like sort of bolshevik or communist sort of takeovers around in different places in the east in the world most yeah. of it has been funded by the bank of england no actually so yeah, the Bank of England is like uh, one of the largest sponsors of international communism in the world. But they usually, they, what they used to do before, we're in a different time now, so this doesn't work anymore. But the main goal for them by doing that, they learned this first in, uh, probably before that, but first in world in World War, 
one when they uh, when they basically put communism into Russia through Germany and stuff like that. Uh, but so what they figured out is that they could use communism as a way to destabilize other parts of the world to then uh, extract their riches later to come in and buy it up at one tenth of the price and also to destabilize different regions in the world but what it seems like to me is that uh all this like sort of marxism and and sort of what you know woke gay rights type of marxism the western type of it uh is now being they've done now they're doing it to the west instead and then you have russia and china who on paper are communists at least uh, they're at least authoritarian but they're not doing it, you know, the same way. Uh, they're not implementing the same type of communism on their own nations, except China has always done it. But but anyway, uh, back to your train of thought. But it's really interesting talking to you about all these uh, issues because uh, you're from there, uh, from from Nigeria. So I'm just so grateful to have you on here today because it's uh, it's fun and it's much more. Uh, like when I talk to most Norwegians, uh, they they don't understand as much as you do, like about these issues. Um, there's a lot of radicalization happening here. You have a lot of people who are very pro Africa and pro the multipolar uh, world order. <clears throat> this new thing that you are probably also in favor of, but a lot of them are also really like uh, they accuse everyone of being fascists. Like if you're to the right of the most left socialists, then you're a right-wing fascist, you know, according to them. And they would probably call me right-wing extreme as well, you know. (laughs) So it's just kind of the West is kind of going crazy right now. (laughs) So um, I think back to what I was saying, um, Eritrea has... um... They don't have any debt to any Western nation. They don't have any debt to World Bank or IMF, unlike other African countries that, you know, um, they took aid and they have, like, debt. So these guys, they have no debt. And because they refused, the president refused to take any loans or any aid, they sanctioned him. They sanctioned mm-hmm. his country. So if you go to um, Eritrea now, you know, um, the, the way things are really slow there, like, I don't know whether to call it backwards or just, it's almost as if they are living in like like the 60s or the 70s. You know, like, you know, when you watch like these old Hollywood movies, like from the yeah. 50s and the 60s, and you see those kind of, you know, vintage cars that they drive, mm. they still drive, they still drive those kind of cars in Eritrea, you know, because of, <laughs> cool. because of the block, because of the blockade and the sanctions. So they've got like the buildings are, the buildings are old, like not like really bad, but like you could see that like, not as much skyscrapers as other countries have, like other neighboring countries. For example, Kenya has got um, you know, really tall buildings like that look, you know, a bit modern. But like you go to Eritrea and things seem laid back, and it's because of the sanctions and also like people are doing with what they had a couple of years ago, you mm-hmm. know. And so like um, it's really slowed them down. But the Eritrean president, I think. He wants to partner with the Russian government. He's very pro, like he wants the multipolar world because he's tired of, you know, the Western bullshit and all. So he he, he basically, he recently had a meeting with Putin and he was like, we need to, because he, he speaks English as well. He said that we need to find a way to, you know, 
create more opportunities, work together, that kind of thing, that um, it's not good the way only like one side of the world takes resources from another side of the world while leaving them. That if we're going to take some resources, um, people from other parts of the world also have to get a good deal so that we can develop and also because he he although he's been in power for long because like African leaders they like to stay in power for long he but he really like um he really has like the best interests of his country at heart because like the guy he he's basically willing to partner with anyone who's willing to you know invest and you know help his people get jobs and know mm-hmm. and improve the economy for people you know I but, understand. You know, he's been, He's been sanctioned by the West, so he can't do business with them, obviously. Uh, oh. So, like, that's the problem there. And it's basically, it's the same thing. The same thing has happened, like, all over Africa. For example, Zimbabwe, um, that's Mugabe's country. I think Mugabe should be dead now. So, Zimbabwe was sanctioned by the USA after um, they got their independence. You know that um, they used to be called Rhodesia before? That yeah, and it used yeah it used to be called the food basket of Africa because they were yeah. producing a lot of food. Yeah, they they named the country after Cecil Rhodes. Cecil Rhodes was a big racist. So oh, okay. after yeah. so after um they got their independence, they changed their name to like a local name, Zimbabwe, and the president Mugabe, um he had to take like radical steps. So what he did was that he gave the land rights back to the locals. Those are the blacks. Because mm. you, you know in Zimbabwe before the whites owned the land, most of the good land, and then the blacks were left with basically small or like bad land or nothing. So Mugabe reversed that, and when the US saw that, they were like, "You either give the land back or we sanction you." So like Mugabe was like, "No, he's not doing that." So we refused, and he sanctioned Zimbabwe. And I think as a result of those sanctions and his Mugabe's, you know, because Mugabe was also like corrupt and all. And his bad economic policies, he led the country into like hyperinflation. Yeah. So like the inflation got really bad. So mm. like you had people living in Zimbabwe, you know, looking for greener pastures in other places. I, I even know someone from Zimbabwe now. She tells me about it and she was like, ah. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting with uh with Zimbabwe. I mean, uh so it, uh, I realized some of the history there. I know way too little about Africa. That's why it's good for me to talk to you about it. But um, yeah, it was the food basket of Africa and whatever. But uh, yeah, um, that like a thing that I've noticed, however, is that so I've been in university and I've been in this, you know, Western culture that I live in. And around 2016, I think that was the time uh, in all the universities, they used, they started talking a lot about Western colonialism and that we had taken advantage of Africa and we had done all these things because it was coming from the United States monoculture because like, really Norway has not had any colonies in Africa ever. And Denmark, Norway was the first Western country in the world to ban slavery. So I just found it kind of weird that we were being taught all about this, but it's interesting. But here it's taken sort of like a regressive shape where like 
you're not allowed to to have different like perspectives of or opinions of it is this like ideological thing like you are bad because you are western or or whatever in all our universities um but then when you analyze the countries like obviously the colonial past is really horrible and uh, they did some bad things but it's also when you just analyze what has happened later and the different power forces that are in there you realize it's a bit more like a complex situation but anyway it's just funny because all these universities and ngos and think tanks and banks they all have the pride flag now and they're all with this sort of like we are awakened and we're woke and black lives matter and stuff like that but they're the same people who have been extracting resources from africa for all this time and forcing them to take these loans so it's like black lives matter black lives matter blah 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 but then suddenly support the war in ukraine and then suddenly like oh yeah we need to take control in africa again and we need to give them these vaccines again and whatever so it's like an identity crisis in the west uh and i've just seen it and uh yeah it's just it's just kind of funny like uh, uh it, it's really tiresome here in the west with all this woke and and anti-racist stuff and whatever all the time but there's also a lot of people <clears throat> as you've told me before that there's a lot of right-wing extremists in france and other places and that's mm -hmm. true but you know everything that happens like when the rhodesians took back their farms from the white people and it was often very probably very violent and not so good every rea every reaction comes from something else there's always two sides to the same story you know yeah yeah so i just find that interesting uh but it's cool to hear your perspective on all this stuff uh but it's been uh, it's been a very heavy ideological thing here in the west to teach us uh, all about that stuff and uh, sort of make us here in norway feel shame for for it uh, but i really don't like we, if there's something we should have have shame for i guess it would be some of the imf things but uh but they never talk about that you know <laughs> yeah that's that's really terrible the imf and the world bank are basically you know controlled by the usa and it's not there i can't name one single country that you know one single country in the that is not part of the west that you know had their economy improved and, you know, actually became like a first world country using those policies from them. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not good. Like, but the thing is that like, it's like, we're kind of forced to take in this part of the world, we're kind of forced to take the aid because if you don't take the aid, then the U.S. sanctions you mm. unless, you know, and you know, the, the way the one of the problems here that we have in Africa is like the lack of, um, you know, cohesion and unity like the way you guys are in europe like you have your own distinct cultures and countries but like you guys have come together in the eu in in the and you guys have like um policies that make sure that um you know life is better for europeans in africa like the african union those guys don't do anything they're just like they just go for all of these meetings and conferences and <laughs> they just take pictures and all and like 
they, they don't really do anything that actually benefits Africans and all, and they all they all listen to the West. They, that's why like they um they suspended um these guys, um Gabon, the guys mm-hmm. that just had a coup, because like I, I mean they they try to expel a leader like Ali Bongo who has been in power for close for more than twenty years. Like that doesn't happen in any democracy in the West or something or in any other part of the world where you have a strong democracy. But it's mm-hmm. okay in Africa, like. So that kind of thing, and but the, the African Union that is meant to, you know, you know, they're meant to be against this kind of. They're meant to be progressive, you know, make sure that things are getting better in Africa. They're not doing anything for us. But so I would like, say um, that's the same with the EU, though. What you're describing, the EU, like uh, people in Europe, hate the EU. From what I'm hearing, I'm hearing so many people who do not like them because they're doing all these crazy things now. For instance, they want all the houses in Norway to be green to be sustainable you know the net zero agenda and so for every house that's a bit older it's going to cost a million or one and a half million kroners to fix it up and uh, even in uh, germany now there's uh, it's usually the far right talking about that they want to disband the eu so i kind of feel like you know you're at a different level in Africa and you've been exploited for a longer time and Europe has exploited Africa historically. But I feel like both <clears throat> both Africa and us, we're, we're under the same type of like, sort of the same level, no, not the same level, but the same character of corruption, basically, that we see through the EU. Uh, that That's what a lot of people here feel, at least. And they're just giving us all these rules that we have to follow through the EU. Norway is not a member of the EU, but we have to follow like 1,200 different rules. And they're also expanding on you know what they call misinformation and all these like bills that they can control the flow of information and stuff like that. So again, I'm just struck by the similarities of like, it seems like the ECOWAS has the same purpose as the EU, but it is in Africa while the EU is in Europe. And maybe you disagree, but maybe you have a different view of this, but but just the way I see it where I live, there's a lot of people who really do not like the EU and I have to agree. I consider the European Union, I'm not against free trade. I'm not against cooperation, but the EU has become a kleptocracy because they're they're not actually elected. They have a bunch of people making laws that have never been elected by anyone. And then when you're in the EU, you have to follow their rules, uh, even though you don't have a representative there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I so, that another striking similarity, the way I see it. I just sort of feel like it's kind of like, it seems like some of the same things are similar in nature so, that are happening there, that are happening here. And then people take a side, you know? You have some people, they're extremely pro-NATO. I have to say I'm slightly pro-NATO, and I've, I've explained why, why that is. It's because it's where I live. Uh, but then you have also people who are extremely pro-Russia and pro-Africa and whatever. But it's just interesting. People have such strong opinions about it. And it seems like in this global cultural economy 
for instance, the Israel-Palestine conflict, they export that here to Norway. And you have these people who are extremely pro-Palestine and you have other people who are extremely pro-Israel. And then they get into arguments with each other about that, even though they've never been there, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's just kind of funny. Yeah, so, yeah, it's crazy. Well, like, I think... Um... I, I I think you know if um with the way things are going in the West now, it's not really like it's basically the you know these new ideologies like especially like you know the LGBTQ ideologies and yeah that's you know, the crazy climate, the climate change ideologies that may just you know fuck up the West because you know if those kind of people become you know, like half of the population or something, it, it could get really bad because, like, you could have situations where you have influential, influential people who think like that in, like, powerful positions. Mm. Yeah. So that's like, already um, happened. They yeah, control happened. everything here in Norway. Like, they control all the universities and schools and whatever. And I know that. I've gotten this feeling lately that, like, they they have these networks they talk to each other and if you're against whatever their agenda they make sure that you don't become a journalist you don't become a priest you don't become successful because it's just everywhere this uh lgbtq plus ia whatever thing is just all over the place here in the west as you know it is just it is everywhere you cannot escape it and they have not a pride day or not a pride week but they have a pride month now the entire month of june and all the schools all the children's schools wave the lgbtq plus flag for a whole month in june yeah, it's crazy. It's That's crazy. crazy. It's, it's um, it's basically it's getting everywhere now. Although it's not legal in like many African countries, but like you have uh, people who have like network. I'm I'm not against people that are gay or lesbian or but like I have a serious problem with the trans because that <laughs> one is basically like it's it's basically like a corruption of like the natural order. Like, you can't be born a man and say you want to be a woman. You can't be born, like, there are clear, like, differences between men and women. You can't just, like, you can't just blur the lines. Like, for me, I'm against that. Like, like gay people and lesbians, they should be treated with dignity, you know, because they are human beings as well, even though I feel that um, it's a it's a defect because I just, I just, I have strong opinions against that, but, like, I'm not going to see a gay person or a lesbian and be like, oh, I'm going to hate you i'm going to you know like be um, violent against you because you're like this no i'll treat you with dignity because like every human being but like the trans people like it's crazy because like it has so many like you know there's so many like consequences of that imagine like you go to a toilet and then some i I say someone who looks like me like i look like a man i have a goatee i tell you that oh i feel like a woman like how are women going to feel if i do that they'll feel so uncomfortable like those kind of like those kind of things are happening in the US and all like and it's crazy. Like you I know, stand against that. Like yeah, you know, it's so it's so funny to talk to you about this because it's just like here in Norway, there's a lot of people who hold opinions similar to me and you, but uh you're not allowed to say it. Now I have to say that look, 
I don't disrespect trans people or anything. Actually, I've met someone who identifies trans as man, whatever. But especially that, I, I consider that uh, a sort of mental illness. It's just like, you know, you're Nigerian, you're from Africa. So I'm a white man. I have blonde hair, you know. Imagine if yeah. I said, oh, yeah, Uchena, I'm black too now because I identify as African. So I'm black as well. You, you know, like, why would you? Yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's not reality, you know. And uh, <laughs> it's just so crazy. But there, it's crazy because it's become such a big talking thing here in the West because you have so many sort of like uh, crazy because... Um, Okay, so I believe there are there's trans people here and there. And, you know, I think they should be treated with respect too. But they can't demand mm -hmm. that they go into a women's bathroom with their penis hanging out, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's these crazy videos all over Twitter of these men who look totally crazy. They look like serial killers. They have these crazy eyes. And they're like in the women's locker room and masturbating and laughing. It's almost like demonic, you know? And so you have these feminists. They're going like, no, this is not okay. And then they're all canceled, you know? And like, if you say anything, they, they cancel you. You know, you can't become a teacher or a priest. You have to just, you know, go with this insanity, you know? Who... Who is responsible for that, really? I know it comes from the United States, but isn't that that's too crazy? You know, like why would anyone do that on a societal level? Why do you think? <laughs> I, I I don't I don't really know. Like it's it's crazy. Like you know you know that um Russia has recently banned um, transgender surgeries. So like like if any like doctor or any hospital is caught, you know, trying to perform something like that, they could probably be jailed or something like that. Suspended, yeah. so like I think, I, think that, I think that's the best thing to do because, yeah. like, like you know, it has like like serious ramifications for society. Like, if people don't aren't able to properly distinguish between men and women, like the things that could happen to go crazy because anybody could just justify crazy things and just say that oh, I'm part of the other gender. I mean, like, it's it's crazy, it's crazy. But, um, I, I don't accept it, I don't accept it. Absolutely. No. Uh, I I accept that the, I accept it. I accept that there's people who are trans, and then I accept that they seek ways to become more comfortable with the fact that they have that condition, and it is a condition that that is clear. You know, it used to be labeled a mental illness. So, like, I'm against completely removing all ability of someone who is trans to like whatever get help uh, i don't think that's right either but what we see in the united states is absolutely crazy especially in the us and the uk and i've seen some reports written by an american man his name is christopher rufo he writes for the manhattan institute about uh, all these drugs they want to give little children these drugs because they're they say they're trans and these drugs uh, destroy their brains they lobotomize yeah. them and it's just yeah. so crazy and like uh, because uh, i th i believe there are people who are trans they should be treated with dignity and respect and get the help they need that are within the confines of what is labeled reason I agree with that. But now we have so many trans people and they're clearly not actually trans. It's a social contagion that they've created. Yeah. 
you know, and that's these like Western Marxists, but they're the Marxists that, you know, Stalin, he didn't like them either. And the dude who uh, created Cuba, the real communists, they didn't like these Western Fabian socialists or whatever. And, and that's because they're in like a transhuman mindset. Like they think that the, the key to the salvation of humanity is technology and us being able to uh, step out of our physical limitations and become, you know, immortal beings in the hive mind. You know, they want us to be able to upload our consciousness into a computer, you know. And so uh, it's kind of, it seems to me uh, a bit satanic. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, they, they want us to basically become like shapeshifters and all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's, crazy. it's so crazy. And uh, what's so crazy to me is just the moment that I realized that having these thoughts and opinions that I do is not welcomed here amongst my people. But when I talk to someone from Africa or Afghanistan or, or wherever, somewhere else in the world, we agree. You know, it's always immigrants who agree with me. <laughs> and then if I talk to these, like, uh, Norwegians they're like give me like a weird look like what's wrong with you why would you say that and this is because it's common sense if you can't understand that what happened to your brain dude you know <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. but uh so what do you think uh, is gonna happen now uh, in Africa do you think there's gonna be uh, more of a widespread uh, opposition towards um, Western IMF power structure and that they're going to be successful. Uh, what I'm seeing, uh, what I'm thinking is, yeah, there's probably going to be stooges, as you say. There's probably going to be an increase uh, on the continent in, in terrorism and other things such as that. What do you think? Um, yeah, they could, but like I think it depends on some certain factors. Um, well, like you know, if if those um coups that have happened in West Africa over here, um, are coups that are led by you know soldiers that may have right good intentions, they may be able to stop things like terrorism because you know the terrorism in in West Africa and the Sahel is caused like was caused by the um by the killing of Gaddafi, you know, when NATO killed Gaddafi, like, uh -huh. they caused a lot of chaos in that North Africa region and... Destabilizing the region, yeah. Yeah, destabilized the region and um, a lot of these, you know, maniacs and terrorists spread down south. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, like, and south of North Africa is West Africa. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, I think, well, I think um, if, like, um, if the military is, isn't if the military isn't controlled by you know any leader that is basically a stooge for the West, they could be able to deal with it. Because I was I was reading um something about um, um what the um the, the um the leader of the coup in Niger said. He said that um um when he was fighting when they were fighting terrorists in um their region, the when they always asked the president what to do when they found the terrorists. The president would be like, "Oh, you have to ask the French. You have to ask the French forces." And I'm like, "Why do you have to ask the French forces when you know you're in your own land and you can see enemies? 
<laughs> like it, it was crazy. So he was clearly like, you know, a stooge and they were like, like that's basically an existential threat. Because like if I see an enemy, why wouldn't I take him out? Why do I have to ask foreigners for help? You know, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, like it doesn't make any sense. I see someone who wants to kill me in front of me and I have to go and ask someone else. Yeah, that's that, that's how it is. <laughs> you know, it's it's really funny, but but it's funny, Uchana, because uh, a lot of the people, uh, because you have these uh, left wing people, who, you know, who uh, who basically agree with all this uh, that the West has been colonialist and stuff. But what, uh, like I told you, what comes with the territory of that is also all these weird things that a man should just walk into a woman's wardrobe and stuff like that. But yeah, <laughs> but it's just true, you know? And, and I realized, I've realized this for some time now, that that's how things have been basically operating and functioning. You could say in Africa, I have a good friend who uh, his father grew up in Tanzania. They were Christian missionaries. Now, they, they were good people, you know. They, they were trying to do good. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just interesting. And also, like, uh, France has absolutely... Uh, it doesn't seem like France has the capability or power to respond properly to the developments uh, outside their own border because... I remember there was a young boy who was shot by the police in France and killed, and he was 17 year old. And uh, that was not good. It was not good that that happened. But like he was yeah. speeding away from the cops. I, I don't think they killed him because they're racist. You know, that's what they say. Like, oh, Black Lives Matter, you know. But so then all these riots in France start, and you have situations in France. Of, with people <clears throat> with bazookas going around shooting bazookas and shooting AK-47s, Kalashnikovs, on the street. So, like, they don't even have control in their own nation, like, because of these yeah. issues with immigration and other things. And then we're seeing uh, a right-wing a right -wing extreme and white uh, ethnocentric response. And uh, I've been in dialogue with some of those people here in Norway because I can see there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, they're, they're radicalizing different people. They, I'm not really sure, let's just say they. That's the same types of people who would, for instance create terrorism in the world to destabilize other countries i think it's those people they're creating left-wing and right-wing extremism and it's really interesting because it seems like uh, none of the apparatus that are supposed to be dealing with those types of issues are even working or doing what they're supposed to do there was a terrorist here who they famously labeled the pride terrorist because they have to make everything about pride but he was a schizophrenic psychotic dude who was on a lot of drugs and he shot two people at a bar none of them were gay but then he started shooting at some gay people in relation to pride so they labeled that the pride terrorist attack but it had nothing to do with pride but the media just went with that oh this is an attack on pride but anyway, what they found out about that is that uh, the e-service, that's the, basically the intelligence service, they had been in contact with this terrorist and talked to him on messages and also 
told him that you need to kill as many people as possible and you need to make Allah proud. So they had, they, yeah, yeah, they knew who he was and they didn't do anything to stop it. The only thing, the only thing they did was encourage him to do it. That's the only thing that happened, but they knew who he was. They had his identity and then nothing was done. And then I like to say, you have to be a Norwegian to see that and not think, wait a minute, (laughs) what's happening here? Because it seems like Norwegians are just, you know, with this whole woke and trans thing, everything seems like the most absurd things to them make sense somehow but anyway of course they're spinning that into like anyone who criticizes lgbtq or pride they are terrorists and uh, people who are muslim they are terrorists and the right wing whatever they call people right wing extreme a lot of these people would call me right-wing extreme i'm not right-wing extreme at all i i I swear to god as my witness i'm not right-wing extreme but it's because these people are acting in such a regressive manner so you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens in africa and uh no matter what happens there they're going to be busy here anyway just screaming about crazy shit that makes no sense and made up bullshit and then People like me, we just go, hey, you see there, the emperor, he has no clothes. And then they go, you're, you're dangerous. <laughs> you you need to be <laughs> taken to psychiatry and given medicine because you're crazy, you know? <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Could you just give me a moment? There's something I need to check in the house. Yeah, I'm going to pause it. Hang on. Okay. All right, uh, we had a minor break in the action there because of some things that happened uh, both with Uchana and with me, Nils. And my wife had to eat. You know, women, they tend to get hungry. It's really annoying, isn't it? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's great. But anyway, good to have you back here. So um, do you remember what we dropped off? Uh, what was the theme? Uh, I guess okay. I was talking. Uh, uh, you you can uh, grab the mic. Yeah. yeah, I I think I remember you were basically talking about how um you know over here over there and sorry over there in the west you know you can't you know you basically can't um you find it difficult to you know criticize the you know the whole LGBTQ thing. You say that they're they're in control of most of the institutions over there. So you said that it's it's basically crazy because you know they even have the whole month dedicated to yes. them, you know. It is totally crazy. <clears throat> and like, you know, I I'm a liberal. Uh I like liberalism. Uh I like a mix of capitalism, but also like a bit of socialism like you. But I also like people to have their freedom of speech to say more or less what they want. I I even think you should be very careful with hate laws and stuff like that because the problem is if you put in these new laws, and we've done that in Norway too, these uh, hate laws, uh, what is hateful and not, the problem is that you can get some other new people who are crazy to define what is hateful. So like they can put in the law first and then they can make a new definition of what is now hateful and so it was this new hate law paragraph 
185 uh but everyone could see that was kind of stupid uh there was a feminist she had been writing on twitter you know with the whole trans thing and she was uh, filed a charge to the police and she had to go to the station and talk to them but the, they dropped the charges because i do think eventually <clears throat> When push comes to shove, when reality comes knocking, uh, any ordinary sane people can see that uh, it's kind of insane what they're doing, you know. So it's just an uh, embarrassment mm -hmm. uh, in the entire West. Uh, <clears throat> it makes us look uh, weak and stupid, I think, like on a geopolitical stage. Uh, I have no idea who came up with putting this everywhere and doing it in this way, but it's just crazy. But it's not like they control everything or whatever, but they do, you know, I mean, like they do have a lot of people who are friendly to their cause and they, they work in teachers unions and journalism and universities and all kinds of stuff. And I do know that they, they rat on people, they snitch on people and they have different groups and they put people up list with names of who is this and who is that, who they're always looking for what they call fascists you know <laughs> because if you say anything you're you're a fascist then basically is how it is here <laughs> yeah i guess there's a lot of name calling over there but yeah um, all right well like with regards to that like in this part of the world like you know it isn't even a it isn't even a big deal because you know like i think that like like the proliferation of um the whole LGBTQ ideology comes like when like you know you've reached a like a level in society where like you know the um the standard of living gets so high that people just you know they're like they don't have much problems so like they create problems for themselves if you get yeah. what I mean. Yeah. I understand that and 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 being very into all this woke LGBTQ transhumanism strange ideas there's a thing happening in our upper class uh, in Norway and in other countries. You know, you have a lot of these tech elites and people who go to Burning Man and they like to do psychedelics and they're so enlightened and whatever. And it's really interesting here in Norway because it's really everywhere. Like the son of our prime minister, he's talking about uh, how good magic mushrooms are and stuff like that. And so you're right. It is because of... Uh, a long period of time of being pam pampered and not having uh, basically real issues that allows such a thing to spawn in the first place. But when it takes on that sort of totalitarian character then, that it has done, then, then I feel like it's uh, maybe something uh, a bit more sinister than just that, if you understand what I mean. Like there's some, there's like a dark force behind it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's what I feel, at least. Yeah. Um so um I think did, did you do you have any other um did you have any other um question regarding um the whole, you know no, not really. Started talking about Africa and now started talking about the West afterwards. Like uh, both places have uh, some unique issues and challenges. But um, so you think uh, the African nations now that are basically uh, 
rioting against this IMF structure, you think they will be successful because they have the backing of China and Russia? Yeah. Um, regarding that, um, I I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, it it all depends on um, it all depends on how the um, the people who are in leadership, the, like the politicians, or the, should I say, if it's going to be a military ruler, you know, the heads of state, how they are going to act? Because like, if if they are corrupt, the um things aren't going to get better for the people. There's no. only like a couple of um few military leaders in the past that we've had that in Africa that you know they've actually um prioritized the interests of the people. For example, I don't know if you've read of um this um revolutionary leader from um he was a military leader, but he was he was from Burkina Faso. I don't know if you know his name is Thomas Sankara. Mm. Um he 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 was um he was a military leader, he was assassinated by the West. Because of his policies, he like when he got into power, he was like he was kind of a socialist, but like his policies greatly improved um, the standard of living of the people in Burkina Faso, and the West didn't want that, so they assassinated him. Basically, mm-hmm. I think it was it was the French that assassinated him. Yeah, so um, it all depends on how like the military, um, the people who are in power, are, and I don't I don't support you know coups and all, but like like do these people have a choice when you know the, the so-called democracy is so like you know corrupt and all they rig elections and um um they they change the constitutions to make sure that they they kind of stay in power forever you know mm-hmm. so like at a point people get fed up and i think people in the military as well get fed up and that's what causes the coups yeah so if um, so um it all depends on who the leaders are like if you know they have the priorities of the people at heart, because I don't, I don't think, although all human beings, you know, we are all like, you know, susceptible to corruption, but I, I think they may, I don't think every military ruler is like completely evil, you know, although like they, they, they kind of think differently because of their training and all, but like I don't think all of them are, you know, completely bad people, the way no. they are painted, yeah. So like it all depends on how the leaders act. If um, the leaders of the coup decide to work with, um, you know, um, France, sorry, Russia and China, and you know, they try to you know implement policies that will make you know the li- um, life better for people over there, then I think it could work. But I I generally see a decline in the Western influence in Africa, especially in this region, especially among like the francophone African countries, because um. Those guys, they they look they look like like they they're tired of like all of the bullshit. Like like yeah. the even the young the younger people they they don't they don't want to take any rubbish again. Like they like in the, I I saw videos from Nigeria Republic where you saw like young people kind of like my age on the street saying that they are willing to enlist in the army to fight. Mm-hmm. Like if if you're that like passionate about you know like <laughs> freedom and all like. In I mean in my country I don't think it can happen like like <laughs> I don't think it can happen in Nigeria like people be like me fight for this country no <laughs> but like over there you see people ready to you know like they're saying they're tired of France you know so I think I, I think the the influence of the French will get less over time over because of the way things are going because like those people all like us here you know the ones us, the ones that speak English here we are not really that. Um, 
hot-headed and revolutionary, but the ones that speak French, <laughs> that, they're tired. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. yeah, so I think there's going to be lots of stuff happening, and I've been uh, I've been paying a lot of attention. I'm so grateful that I know you that I can talk to you, and then I see how I know I've been talking a lot about the West uh, when we're supposed to talk about Africa, but you know, you talk about where you're from, and I talk about where I'm from, and then we exchange basically yeah. the situation. And uh, I just find it interesting too uh, how the West is like. You have. Uh, like as a response to what happens in in other places you you have yeah like you said there's lots of name calling and there's a lot of there there's a lot of fakeness there's so many fake causes here in the west like black lives matter certain right-wing extreme segments are fake and you have these people who call themselves communist and whatever and stuff like that so it's just it's really interesting but as the Western power block enters its demise into the world, there's going to be lots of uh, good things to be done in the West. And then uh, I wish Africa the best. And uh, I wish the West the best <laughs> as well. But it's just, uh, yeah, uh, interesting times to put it. Very mildly, yeah. they they did try here with, uh, you know, the what made me very critical about the Ukraine situation in particular is how they used Ukraine to yeah. justify what is happening here, and to like label different peoples. Like if you have these opinions that are more towards how you think then you are working for Putin. That's Putin's agenda. That's Russian misinformation. That's this and that. But it's just like you always have to just think, okay, what's the truth? What is true and what is not true? And, you know, there's yeah. lots of issues with the West going on, as I've described to you. But, you know, there's lots of issues with China as well, and they cooperate with North Korea, and they have people in camps in North Korea as well. So, you know, it's just, uh, the, it would be good. You know, the best would be if humanity just uh, united against all power-hungry uh, despots, you know, <laughs> around the world. <laughs> Maybe that'll happen. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Well, you know, like um, this thing, you know what they say in, in Christianity that that um, human beings are like, um, man is, the heart of man is like susceptible to corruption, like man is fallen. Yeah, so I think that's one thing that like always, you know, comes up with uh, human beings, you know, like especially, you know, people like politicians mm. who are in like positions of serious power, like I think, you know, there's always this tendency for the thing to get to their head and it just makes them more corrupt. Mm. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think like, that's why I kind of have a problem with politics, you know, because like, like people who, I, I feel that like the more like you, you try to get into politics, the more you should even like, you know, become more, should I say, religious and like mm. get closer to God. Because like, you know how like power can get to your head and you can you, you can get more corrupt i'm so afraid of that like like i'm so afraid of that like for myself if i ever decide to you know get into some sort of political position because mm -hmm. like i've seen it happen to other people as well i'm like 
right? Yeah. Things creep. Yeah. I understand that, and I agree completely. Uh, uh, I've been getting really into Christianity for years now, and uh, it was also an interesting time during COVID and all that stuff. But uh, I don't think I'll ever get into uh, <clears throat> any real political position here <clears throat> in the West. <clears throat> They're gonna make sure that they keep the so-called, uh, you know, the wrong people canceled yeah. with this whole LGBTQ thing and whatever. And so eventually it's going to collapse into itself, but I, I think we're going to be fine. But I do see the point though. It, it did seem like uh, the Western power block through NATO was going to try to basically starve the third world through sanctions and stuff like that. And then, you know, uh, you have a strong man in Russia and China and whatever, of course, if they can help, then uh, it's more aligned with what the populace there actually wants. That's going to happen. You can't stop it, you know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I will see what happens here in Norway. But um, it was great talking to you tonight, Uchenna. Do you have any uh, closing remarks or anything, uh, any wisdom you want to close with or anything that's happened recently? Um, well, I, I can only, I, I can only like say that, um, I'm, I'm really grateful that we, we got on this, um, call and I, I basically, with all the things that are going on in the world, with all the crazy things, I just hope things get better for everyone. Mm. <laughs> That's like Me too. The, the good people, not the people that want to turn the world upside down. <laughs> and, Me too. Um, yeah. And I hope like things that go well for yourself and your family as well. Yeah, yeah. I hope so too. I'm going to put an extra focus into that Yeah, and stop worrying so much about the world, especially if the world is ru ruled by lunatics, then there's not much to do. You can't, you can't reason with them, you know, <laughs> but, um, thank you for the chat tonight. And then, uh, you know, feel free to call me anytime, but we can also do another hangout session later, you know, and maybe like nine months from now, we'll see what has happened at that time. It's going to be really interesting to see how this process uh, develops, no matter which side you could say wins. It's still, it's still going to be interesting. Yeah. But with that, uh, thank you for tonight. Uh, Uchana, and uh, we both know that Christ is King. And I think that's, yeah one of the big things that unites us, like you could have a more positive view or like whatever, a view of, of Russia and China, and I could have still hold to my view of, of NATO and whatever, but we would still be friends and have a beer. And that's what's important, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. But thank you so much. Uh, I'll stay in touch. Have a, a great evening down there in uh, Nigeria. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you you are much. so welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, bye bye. Yeah, bye.